Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living today. I'm your co-host, Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and today our topic is From Worn Out to Dreaming Big. What if you could reboot your health, tap into your creative self, reclaim your wild nature, lead from your heart, and still feel well-rested? We have the perfect person joining us today to talk about this. My guest is Karen Brody, who is a mother, activist, speaker, and founder of DaringToRest.com, an online community helping women and brave men take back rest. She's the author of the book, Daring to Rest, Reclaim Your Power with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation. You can visit Karen online at uh, DaringToRest.com. She's also active on Instagram at... Um, isn't it uh, both Karen Brody and at Daring to Rest, Karen? Is that right? I think it's Karen underscore Brody. Ah. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> With her Instagram. Yeah. yeah. Um, so welcome, Karen Brody. I'm so delighted you could join me today. Thank you, Laurel. I'm really happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So before we dive into our dialogue about rediscovering the power of rest, let's dive inward just for a minute, a yoga moment, as we try and practice a bit of what we preach. So let's begin by bringing our attention to the breath, that wonderful tool that we always have with us. And let's just notice as we take a fully conscious breath, just notice as we inhale and exhale, keeping our attention on the breathing, we might feel with the inhale, the cool air entering our nostrils and the warm air flowing out. And as we breathe on the inhale, imagine we can dive within. And on the exhale, relax. 
as we dive within, we can open our heart to the essence at the core of our being. This one reality called by many names is the source and substance of all that is. And as we notice ourselves breathing right now, we realize it's within us, between us, and all around us. Wherever we are, right here and right now, we can rest in this essence of our being. We may notice thoughts or feelings as they arise, and we realize we can just watch them. Watch them as they arise, and watch them as they pass away, just resting in this essence of our being. We become aware of our essential nature, all the wonderful qualities within the peace and love. And as we rest there, we realize we can allow it to permeate the mental field, the emotional nature, and the physical body. And as we rest in this peace, we realize we can bring it with us throughout the rest of our day. As Yogananda described it, it's a portable peace. So as we come back from this brief yoga moment, let's have that intention to carry that peace with us and share it with all we meet. Once again, Karen Brody, welcome to the Yoga Hour. I really am delighted you could join me today on the show. And I've been enjoying your book, Daring to Rest, Reclaim Your Power with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation. At the beginning of the book, you tell the story about how you began this journey. And I always feel like it's it's uh, great to hear, you know, to hear about your path. I think it, it uh, helps people really understand where you're coming from. So how did you come to realize the value of rest in your own life? Well, I would say, you know, like most journeys, uh, there's that uh, there's that moment when you really truly get it, but then there's lots of moments that lead up to when you really truly get it. Right, right. <laughs> like every hero's journey, there's like the step forward and two steps back and then a step <laughs> forward. And uh, for me, it was actually because I used to suffer greatly from panic attacks. And I would have quite serious panic attacks that would literally leave me in bed resting although at the time I didn't appreciate rest to the level that I do now. And I didn't really understand what deep transformational rest was. I just thought, okay, uh, I'll 
guess I can't get to work because I can't even get out of my house for some of these right. bouts of severe anxiety, severe panic attacks. And um, I would either take some medication or um, I, I really went through a series of initiations, I would call it, throughout the years until I had small children and I was absolutely exhausted from those early motherhood days. Mm-hmm. And my children were still quite young. They were two kids under the age of three. And so I was busy and I was um, tired and I had a, a very severe panic attack that led me to be taken to the hospital. Luckily, my children were not with me. In fact, ironically, it was the first day I had them both in morning care and was fully back at work. Uh, and it was, you know, kind of a day I would say that I didn't feel as stressed mm-hmm. <laughs> as other days. Yeah. But Sometimes I, we see that pattern, don't you think, that people can really hold yeah. themselves together, um, you know, to the point, and then kind of when there's a moment, then that's when your your body's like, okay, I'm catching up with you now. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. When we go through things uh, in life, sometimes the crisis piece is actually uh, when we hold it together and mm-hmm. then we fall apart when when we maybe have a little bit of breathing space right. uh, or the crisis gets such to the tipping point where our nervous system can't take it anymore Mm -hmm. and my nervous system couldn't take it anymore and I ended up in the hospital and I thought I was dying of a heart attack even though I'd had panic attacks before I'd actually had one as early as my college days and I was really um and I was actually when I had my first panic attack I was in my boyfriend's room he was reading me poetry Mm -hmm. and you know you'd think that's kind of relaxing but I ended up in the hospital, um, well, really the wellness center of the um, college, then only to be told it was it was a panic attack. And this was the same thing, although I was sure at this point that I was dying because mm. my heartbeat was so heavy. I thought I was having a heart attack. It ran in my my mother's side of the family, so that's what I thought this was. And they came back and told me it was panic. And they really urged me to go on anti-anxiety medication, which I thought I'd never do because at the time I was um, a very holistic mom. Uh, I didn't give my kids anything other than holistic stuff. Me, I I don't know when I had taken an Advil even, an ibuprofen. Uh, You know, it had been so long since I'd even done anything like that. So to go on anti-anxiety medication was a huge leap for me. At the same time, I was truly in a situation where I had to keep going with my kids. I felt like there wasn't a lot. I didn't know of any solution other than um, I had been a meditator for a long time, but I felt I didn't have any time to meditate. Mm -hmm. Which is so common, right? Yeah, and I didn't know anything about yoga nidra meditation, which is what my book is about, and I found out about by actually walking into a yoga studio when I had um, finally had my two kids in preschool, and I had been eyeing this yoga studio thinking I'd actually take more like a bendy, stretchy yoga class that was going to kind of take off the postpartum weight stuff like that, that was a more of an achievement, a goal-oriented kind of yoga class in my mind. Uh, and then I walked in to sign up for this Bendy Stretchy Yoga class. I heard a voice in the distance in a room, a studio at the yoga studio, and I, there was a room there where 
There were 25 women laying down, being guided in yoga nidra meditation, and they looked completely blissed out. (laughs) And I thought, I want what they got. I don't know what it is. But they had eye pillows on and blankets and it looked like the best nap of your life. Yeah. Well, and I um, wanted that. Yeah. And then you, of course, tried it. And, you know, here we are. You wrote a wonderful book. And so I know that you wrote the book primarily for women. And obviously, you know, it strikes me and I know our audience is a mixed audience. So everything that we're talking about, although we may focus on women, it equally applies to men. You know, I'm sure all of the statistics about how we as a nation are sleep deprived and um, how there's a level of exhaustion. Um, Wouldn't you agree? It's men too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is for men too. What I will say is women have more insomnia than men, Mm -hmm. um, you know, statistically speaking, although women tend to get better quality of sleep than men. Hmm. So, um, so when they do sleep, they get better deep sleep. They're able Hmm. to go into deep sleep more easily than men, which, you know, could indicate a lot of things when you don't go into deep sleep, there's, you're at risk for depression and other things like that. So that falls more in a category of men, although women, of course, have depression. And we go through years of not sleeping well because of stress and everything else. So it it definitely applies to men and women. I'm I'm a mom of two boys and, of course, uh, my husband. I don't have a daughter. um, So my children, my family, we practice this all the time. Yeah, yeah. Everyone needs to dare to rest. Well, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show. I just love the title of the book, Daring to Rest. Rest isn't something that we should have to dare to do. And yet in our society, which is so focused on, you know, go, 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 uh, doing is so much more important than than being. In some other cultures, it seems more balanced with a recognition that doing needs to be balanced by being, that your doing is actually improved. And, it, it, you know, being is actually necessary if you're going to be able to go out and do. So what are some of the signs that we all need more rest? Well, I would say, first of all, in terms of Daring to Rest, the book title, I named it Daring to Rest because, yes, in our culture, it is daring when we are more of a a do-more culture. Um, So that's the daring part. But also, yoga nidra meditation is daring rest because it's not not just a nap. It's more transformation. It's daring to actually truly uh, be seated in your true nature Mm -hmm. and to live from that place. Mm-hmm. So that's what this rest actually ultimately does. And, and so um, I wanted to call it daring because of many, for many reasons like that. In terms of uh, what are some of the signs that we all need more rest? Well, you know, there, if you're not sleeping, <laughs> you, you need more rest. You need, mm-hmm. to have, you need to be taught how to rest. We've lost the skill of actually falling asleep, we wake early, we, we don't take naps, we don't even know how to take a nap, and we need a teacher to teach us, and that's very much what yoga nidra meditation does. But also, the stress at home, you know, just everyday stress, the, and then big things in life that happen like divorce, grief, health issues. We need more rest because we, everyone is dealing with something. And the explosion, particularly of, for women, of autoimmune disorders, 82% of autoimmune disorders are experienced by women. So that's a chronic health condition right. that women are navigating all the time. The assault on our 
nervous system from that, our whole immune system, is serious. And rest, which sounds so simple, but actually, if you think about it, when you are sick, the doctor tells you to rest. And rest is a very simple cure. It's a foundation that if we all have, you know, we work our foundation. We, you know, if you go into captivity and they want to torture you, they take away your sleep, they take away your food, and they take away your water. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those are the foundations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So rest is is needed, and we need a good quality rest because people right. might be sleeping, but they're not getting the deep sleep. Right. And as you point out in the book, and I imagine this comes up all the time, you know, in your conversations just with everyday people, when you say, you know, you need more rest, people say, well, I rest, you know, I watch TV, I knit, I read a book, those kinds of things. Yet these activities all still really engage the mind. So perhaps the body is sitting still, but the mind isn't resting. So why is it important for the mind to rest as well as the body? Well, true rest is resting all of you. So yeah, as I, as you said, as I do point out in the book, uh, we, we mistake recreation for rest, you know, even, even although if it's a slow mindful walk, it's one thing, but if you're going on a strenuous hike, things like that, that's not rest. If you're going to meet a friend to go to the movies, that's not a restful weekend or going for brunch or whatever it is. Um, but the important, it's important for the mind to rest as well as the body because our thoughts are really what stress us out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, if you think about it, yes, you need sleep. The body needs a good amount of sleep, and that's the physical piece. But our mind is our thoughts, and our thoughts, it tends to be that uh, inner critic or whatever it is, all the, all, whatever happened in the day that we go round and round and round about, that's very, very stressful. That's absolutely exhaustion. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. So, you know, now that we've you know broached this, so what is this yoga nidra that you've been talking about? I'll let you define it. Yes. Well, yoga nidra it sounds like it is asana yoga, but it's actually not at all. It's uh, the sleep of the yogi. It's a sleep-based meditation technique. So, but it's a conscious, about... conscious sleep-based meditation technique, right? In yes. Words, it's yes. Not, it's so, not just sleep. Not at all. No, no, no. Um, And, well, it's meditation. And meditation is consciousness. It's awareness. And so um, it's, it's but it's sleep-based. So instead of staying in your waking state and maybe following the breath or following a mantra, Yoga Nidra takes you from the waking state to the dreaming state to a deep sleep state and then beyond to a fourth state of consciousness known as Turiya. And in Turiya, you are actually thoughtless. And this is, you know, in terms of relaxing the whole body, truly resting, relaxing the mind, when you, when the thoughts recede, you can truly rest. Mm-hmm. This is true rest when you're allow, you know, when you're able to do that. And in yoga nidra, it looks like if you've practiced yoga before, at the end there, um, sometimes people are guided uh, in a little bit of shavasana or just invited to lie down like the corpse pose where you lie down and you're still it looks like that you can practice it in your bed you can you can even uh sit in a chair and practice it but it typically is practiced lying down and it is um not 
uh, anything more than being guided. So it's like feels like a guided meditation, and you're guided into these deep sleep and beyond place. So I appreciated that in the book, you actually point to there's actually three different layers of exhaustion, the physical, physical exhaustion, I think everyone kind of, you know, can relate with that emotional exhaustion. And also, you mentioned life purpose exhaustion. So again, I think most people could relate or kind of automatically know what physical exhaustion, emotional exhaustion is. But tell me a little bit more about life purpose exhaustion. What do you what do you mean by that? Well, I see life purpose exhaustion as your why. Like, why are you here on this earth? We all have a why, and it doesn't necessarily mean your job that you do on a daily basis. It means fulfilling why you're here. So, so a lot of people truly don't feel anchored to this earth. They're exhausted from not knowing why they're here, what's their purpose, and that piece can be so tiring and I find when people lie down with yoga nidra they wake up to what their purpose is to their why mm-hmm. yeah in um, in uh, yoga and in the from the Vedas which are the oldest um, spiritual writings in existence um, they talk about four purposes of life so um, the one that you're talking about our, our life purpose is uh, Dharma and then there's also um, there's purpose uh, or dharma, prosperity, pleasure, and liberation are the other ones. But I really liked, you know, your association with the, you know, with someone's uh, purpose. Um, I love the image. Uh, there's an image that I've heard about before, again from the Vedas, of uh, Indra's net, which is like a, a net that um, surrounds the whole planet, and at each uh, at each uh, crossing of the, you know, the warp and the weft, at each little, you know, intersection of this net, there's a little jewel, and that's supposed to represent represent one of us, and that's your shining purpose. You know, you being, you know, kind of fulfilling, just like what you said. You know, why, why you, you know, your higher true purpose of why you feel, you know, you were uh, here, and what really makes you feel alive. And I, I agree, there is a, a, a tiredness if you're not in touch with that. There's a there's an exhaustion, you know, that comes with that. So I really appreciate it that you included that in your in your program. Mm, thank you. Well, I really felt that uh, when I practice personally, because everything I teach is comes is informed by my personal practice, and, and and with women working with women. I mean, the book is a compilation of what I felt was true, and then wow, I started offering this and there's even more confirmation that this why is so important. And particularly for women, you know, we're all uh, craving this hero or for women heroine's journey. But for women in particular, they journey to reclaim their lost creative spirit. Right. That's very important to us. And if we're not anchored in that way, if we don't feel like we're on any journey, uh, it's tiring. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. And I think we feel that disconnection, we feel it, you know, very deeply. And, and as you mentioned, you know, anything that any type of meditation that gets us uh, beyond thought, um, where we realize we aren't our thoughts. I mean, how could we be because like, which thought would you be? You know, exactly. uh, it's like the one I thought a minute ago, like what you and I were talking about a minute ago, or is it now, <laughs> you know, so when you can get beyond thoughts, you know, in, into a super conscious state, um, you really can 
uh, tap into your inner, you know, to your inner creativity and your intuition. Um, and, and speaking of that, I, I wanted to begin to talk about this now, and then we'll focus on it more in the second segment. Um, but, um, uh, you outline the in the book the Vedic and yogic view that we each have five different sometimes they're called bodies and that's the word that you use in the book but five different bodies uh, some people call them sheaths um, and those are the physical layer or the body of course that's what most people would say yeah that's my body the energy layer or the energy body then there's a, a mental layer which is made up of the thinking mind or the mind that receives information from the senses, the wisdom layer, which is the source of our intuition and creativity, as we were just mentioning, and then the deepest layer, the bliss layer, which is right next to the soul. And um, this may be news to some people who are used to identifying themselves only with one body, but <laughs> they have so many. Mm. Uh, but uh, just uh, in about a, um, just a little over a minute, um, how, how does Yoga Nidra work uh, with those bodies? Well, it really truly is a map through these five bodies. So these are, uh, if you think of them like layers, like you said, um, uh, people have also called them veils. So when they're, when they're not balanced, we live in illusion. We live, we live, we can't see clearly. Uh, we can't, we don't feel in harmony. Um, but the more you direct awareness, consciousness to these layers, which Yoga Nidra does through guided meditation. So first it's the breath work, and that takes you through the physical body. Then in the energy body, oh, sorry, first it's the body rotation, which takes you through the, the physical body. Then it's the breath work, takes you through the energy body. Then we go into the mind, and we start to begin to loosen uh, the, our attachment to emotions, thoughts, uh, beliefs, that um, ego was very attached to and ego begins to fall away and that's when the wisdom body appears in the deep inner knowing and, and with people. that we're going to come back because this is what we're yes. going to talk about a lot right after the break so you're listening to the yoga hour with special guest karen brody author of the book we're talking about today daring to rest reclaim your power with yoga nidra rest meditation you can find out more about karen online at daringtorest.com we welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the Yoga Hour. When we come back from the break, we'll explore more about some of, more of the practices about Yoga Nidra that call on these different bodies. We'll be right back. Experience the difference. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. When listeners like you contribute to Unity Online Radio, you're making a positive difference in your life and the lives of other spiritual seekers. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate to make a one-time donation. Or sign up for monthly contributions. Thank you for your support. 
Here's a Unity Mindful Moment with Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell from Unity San Diego discussing change and transition. And as we begin to really identify the endings in our lives, to deal with them completely and wholly, to heal from them as we must, as we are willing to be in a time of not knowing, a time of uncertainty, but a time of trusting that there is a blueprint, there is a plan, there is a destiny. As we move successfully through these experiences, we will find that we are evolving and emerging into something new and different. And everyone and everything that has been happening in your life, both the things that are easy and good and pleasant, and those things that are challenging and painful and difficult, are drivers for your own evolution. To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. If you've been on a spiritual path for a long time, what can you read that's new and exciting? Try Unity Magazine. It's designed for the seasoned spiritual student with in-depth articles and interviews about spiritual practices and philosophies. Our columnists share their own faith journeys and cover healing, science, and psychology with even a little scripture thrown in. You'll read some classic authors and some new ones. Get a free trial issue at unitymagazine.org. More and more people are interested in a vegan lifestyle, and the numbers continue to grow. Join Victoria Moran every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central for Main Street Vegan and learn how to make the shift to help animals and the planet. Each week, Victoria shares recipes, health tips, and interviews with celebrity vegans, experts, and activists. Learn how to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Right here on Unity Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host of the show, and my guest today is Karen Brody. Karen is the author of the book we're discussing today, Daring to Rest, Reclaim Your Power with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation. And here's some more places that you can find out about Karen's work. Uh, first of all, daringtorest.com. On Instagram, it's at Karen Brody and at Daring to Rest. And Facebook is at Daring to Rest and at Karen Brody Supernap. That's a great one. <laughs> So, um, Karen, before the break... Um, Laurel, I'll, Laurel, I'll just say the Instagram is at Karen underscore Brody. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes. And there is, a, there is another Karen Brody, so I just, oh. and who has written a book. 
So <laughs> I want to make sure, <laughs> oh, you know, people are thank you. I, I put that line clear. in there and then I just, I just skipped right over it. So thank you. Thank you for that correction. That's great. So, so Karen, before the break, we were talking about these five bodies and how the Yoga Nidra meditation really draws on these five bodies. And you were talking about the physical body and how, you know, there's a part that addresses that, um, the, uh, the, uh, um, uh, prana body, the energy body, uh, which has the breathing, and then the mental body is kind of, I think, where you were right at the end of. So can we pick it up there, the mental body, and then the wisdom body, and the bliss body? Sure. So yoga nidra meditation really guides you through these bodies, so it, it engages you in awareness of these bodies um, through really breath and body awareness techniques we we pair opposites in the mental body so we'll have you feel hot and then feel cold and then feel both and this allows the the ego to begin to fall away and so we're no longer attached to one particular emotion thought belief Uh, it begins to loosen the our identification with an emotion thought belief and then we enter the wisdom body, as ego falls away, we begin to access our deep inner knowing, our intuition, and that's the wisdom body. We become the witness, the observer of our lives. So in Yoga Nidra, we might uh, have a visualization at that point showing, you know, having us um, witnessing ourselves. Uh, and, and then we begin to like a gate opens, I feel, you know, there's all these uh, entryways uh, to bliss and to ultimately your soul and your true nature. And that's the final body, the bliss body. And in the bliss body, uh, you, you really feel boundless. You feel open, spacious here. There are no, um, you're in the cosmic mind. You're, you're really, and you're beyond, you're beyond. And uh, it's a place, um, of complete uh, surrender to what is, to being um, truly knowing that everything's going to be okay. You know, in bliss, we think about, we think about, uh, you know, uh, maybe Joseph Campbell's words, you know, follow your bliss, which he actually didn't mean go to Bali and go, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not follow, you know, or buy the car that you want or whatever. Right. Follow your bliss is actually very spiritual and, and, and actually Campbell meant it in a spiritual way. He, he often, he's been quoted as saying, uh, he was a professor at Sarah Lawrence College in the United States and he's been quoted as saying in a lecture there, I wish I had said, follow your blisters. Because actually, that is really, truly, when we have that opportunity to transform, when we meet and greet everything that's arising. Mm -hmm. And Yoga Nidra meditation takes us to those places, to the blisters, to the emotions, to the thoughts that are arising in the mental body. We begin to access our inner knowing in the wisdom body, and then we get to the bliss body. And transformation is allowed to happen we we actually no longer feel um we may feel bliss we may feel joy uh but some people especially people who've had trauma might just feel this sense that everything's going to be okay Mm -hmm. and that in and of itself is transformational especially when you've maybe had a family legacy that has been telling you something different a whole different story that opens the possibility of you defining your new story 
writing your new story. And yoga nidra meditation, I call it lying down to wake up because when you travel these five bodies, we no longer think of ourselves just as the physical body, which is everyone says, oh, I'm so exhausted. But if it's not just the physical, once we see ourselves as these five bodies, we begin to see this path of meditation and the path to transformation and the path to forging a new story in our lives. That worn out woman or man begins to put down their worn-out clothing, and pick up some well-rested clothing. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that you focus on in the book is is how important it is to set an intention, um, and that that's an important part of this process. So why is it important to develop an intention? <clears throat> well, in yoga nidra meditation, the intention is critical because it is the seed that you plant to grow. And lots of us, you know, we live, in, we live in stress and stress takes us out of the clarity of an intention. It has us sort of grasping here, grasping there. And if you plant an intention, and in yoga nidra meditation, we do this at the beginning of the meditation, but also when you're in deep meditation. So the subconscious mind is very open. It's very uh, fertile. Uh, and it hears this intention when the thoughts have receded, and therefore that whole, I don't know if I can curse on this uh, podcast, but the itty-bitty shitty committee in our head, (laughs) you know, that actually tells us that we're not worthy, we're not enough. That has fallen so far back, it's actually gone for most of us by that point because the the thoughts are no longer there so we hear our intention without all of the muck the inner critic and we can really truly embody it we can hear it we can feel it in our in our bones it can saturate into us in our cells our atoms and when we rise we are more attracted to things that are in alignment with our intention mm-hmm Definitely. And, and uh, I think people who've worked with an intention, you know, that'll be uh, familiar to them, you know, how doors and windows start opening uh, when you when you have an intention that is, is really for it's in line with your purpose and in line with, um, you know, with the good of all. Um, usually, in other words, you know, having an intention of like, I want to buy a new car. <laughs> <laughs> may, right, right. May not get you. So exactly. May not get you that far. So, can you? Yeah. What, what are some uh, steps, or how how does someone develop an intention? Well, exactly what you're saying. I mean, and this is said in the book. In Yoga Nidra, the intention it's it's not like a New Year's resolution. It's very much uh, not outcome dependent. It's it's something you know. When when I recommend in the book, uh, I I I. The method of daring to rest is a little different than uh, maybe people who've experienced typical yoga nidra because I invite people to harvest, to listen for soul whispers, for whispers from their soul. They're going to get them anyway, quite honestly. Most people do when you practice yoga nidra meditation. But in the daring to rest yoga nidra meditations, you're prompted for a soul whisper at the end. When you're in the bliss body at that very yummy state where you're very open to hearing the soul and you are then really listening for some key words that inform your intention. So the way I recommend someone um, develop their intention is by listening to these words 
and then planting that intention every time once you get the intention that feels right, not that think that you think is right, because the think is right, you might want that car, right? Or you right. might want the house or the better job or whatever it is. But the 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 feeling piece is very important in intention and and then when you plant it in Yoga Nidra, you don't have any uh, uh, connecting, you know, not attachment to an outcome, but you just see what see what happens. You repeat it three times, several times in the practice of yoga nidra, and and you continue living your life, and you'll see you'll begin to feel more in alignment with your intention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we went over this kind of quickly, but um, the different. Um, uh, parts of yoga nidra are, are really, as we said, focused on these five layers or bodies or, or sheaths. Choose your word. Um, and so you mentioned in the physical body, uh, there's like there's like a body scan. Did you want to say anything more about that, or should we just go to the breath? Because I think most people might have a, a sense of what that's like. Yeah, it's body. Right, you're sensing the body, mm-hmm. and then in the physical and, body, and relaxing yeah. any tension that's you know that's not needed. Um, that sort of thing. And then yeah. uh, going to the energy body, uh, we talk about conscious breathing. So what do you mean by conscious breathing? Is that like what I did in the meditation earlier? And then how does that impact the energy body? Yes, well, you you did the, earlier, as you said, and um, many yoga classes will teach conscious breath work. So it's really just awareness of, of the breath. It can be, there's different breath techniques um, and yoga nidra uses all different ones um, but but even just noticing your body breathing itself and not having to direct the breath anywhere is conscious breathing just being aware of the breath and following the breath mm. and that is in and of itself um, conscious breathing Conscious breathing impacts the energy body uh, because it begins to activate flow. It's like you're you're uh, a, a dried up river when you're exhausted. <laughs> There's no flow, and the more you breathe with consciousness, the more you begin to activate flow. The more you begin to balance the right and left sides of uh, the body, and you begin to balance um, the nervous system. The parasympathetic branch of the nervous system gets mm-hmm. activated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so. Uh, that's so true. And uh, to me, one of the things that separates any kind of a physical, you know, our body-based yoga practice is that it is combined with breathing. Um, you know, there's that's the difference between you know just like any kind of physical exercise routine, I think, uh, when you're, you're sort of tuned out. And the whole idea of yoga is yoking, right? It's bringing your conscious awareness back to the body, really um, bringing your breath uh, as, a, as a tool, you know, to focus your awareness. Um, and certainly um, yoga nidra, and as you've described, and of course, many other, um, you know, breathing techniques are part of the larger, you know, practice of yoga. So turning to the uh, wisdom body, um, you were mentioning this practice of holding opposites, and you, you mentioned it briefly, but let's dive in there a little bit more. So when you're holding opposites, uh, you gave the, the, um, you know, the example of hot and cold. Is there another example that you can give? 
Sure. So this is in the mental body, um, holding opposites. We begin to loosen the um, identification with emotions, thoughts, uh, uh, patterns, and yeah, you any 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 opposites like uh, light, heavy. Uh, we some some forms of yoga nidra, particularly I rest yoga nidra, uh, which is uh, was developed by Richard Miller. They pair a lot of emotions, so it may be anger and the opposite of anger, or it may just be what are you feeling in this moment, and notice the sensation in your body, and then invite the opposite sensation. You don't even need to name what it is. You just, if you feel uh, maybe a little jittery in your hand, now try to invite the opposite, a calm, mm-hmm. calmness in the hand. Mm-hmm. So there doesn't need to be a label to it um, as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of, in fact, yoga nidra plays with opposites even starting in the physical body because we often go right, left side of the body. Right. Uh, and so we're always balancing opposites there we're, with the breath work. A lot of breath work in yoga nidra is uh, holding opposites. And then by the time we get to the mental body, the body's really been primed really well to hold these opposites. And this is really feeds into the whole concept of uh, many reasons that we're stressed is because we live in this either or mentality in this world of and 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 our world is feeds us with this just watch the news or read the paper and it's all either or it's you know fear or the opposite but mostly fear if you're reading the papers and 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 so we begin to attach to oh my gosh life's so bad oh everyone everyone's doing bad things but then you realize when you hold opposites that oh wow yeah that exists and the opposite exists too. Mm-hmm. And even if it's um, honestly something more positive or more helpful, uh, like a, uh, an emotion that, that just everyone thinks we should be happy all the time, the reality is we're not happy all the time. And so right. <laughs> inviting yeah. the opposite is actually more of the truth. Of ho- can you hold both? And, and Marion Woodman talks about this so beautifully. She's a Jungian psychologist, and she talks about holding the tension of the opposites. And this in and of itself is such a breakthrough for many people who practice during Tourette's Yoga Nidra because they are uh, caught in this either-or, uh, uh, almost like a, a virus that we have in our culture. And they begin to loosen that, and you start to live live in the and both. And once you begin to live in the and both, like I'm happy and the opposite of happiness exists in me as well. Well, then you actually begin to birth a new consciousness. You have a a new story that can come Mm -hmm. from that because Mm -hmm. you're able to hold this tension of the opposites. It's the same in giving birth. When you give birth to a baby, I can't do it and I can do it. And the moment you can hold that you feel like you can and you know you can, you give birth to the baby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yoga nidra does this so gently because, yay, I shake my yoga nidra pom-poms. We can lie down and do this. Yeah, so I, I love you know, your, your 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 description of yourself as a yoga nidra cheerleader, and how you have your yoga nidra pom poms throughout the book. It always made me smile. <laughs> I've never been a cheerleader my whole life, but then I found <laughs> yoga nidra. I don't even. I mean, I don't have cheerleader energy, but at the same time, yoga nidra makes me a cheerleader. 
Mm-hmm. I understand what a cheerleader is, a true cheerleader, because you just, again, it saturates your bones, it's in you, and you just can't stop uh, the yoga nidra glow. You don't have to even talk about it with people. You just have to model it. You just have to be it. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that glow. Um, so uh, we've been talking about the mental body. So the next layer is the inward, is the wisdom body. And you describe the process in the book, you've talked about this a little, as um, the end of ego and the rise of the true self. And, um, you know, I think this really correlates with so many other yoga teachings about yoga meditation, you know, our um, our uh, inner um, most uh, processes as we get, you know, quieter and quieter as we turn within uh, through meditation um, we are, we do become, you know, we come to rest in our essential nature. Um, that's even the beginning of the Yoga Sutra, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. So, um, so, um, how, what is, what do you mean uh, when you talk about the end of ego and the rise of the true self? I mean that ego, once we begin to shine awareness on these five bodies, particularly what comes before the wisdom body, you know, you're shining, you're the physical body, the energy body, the mental body, you begin to loosen that grip, that ego, that the I voiced, the voice that, that, that only believes the either or, it's this or it's that. It begins to fall away and you realize that actually the somebody you thought you were is not really the truth. And there's actually, you know, this rise of the true self is, is the truth, is the truth. And so the ego is loosened as you are guided through yoga nidra meditation and it falls away and you're empty of ego and full of true nature. Mm. So think of yourself as a vessel. And before you thought you were this somebody and you thought you were like, oh, this is who I am. And then you actually totally empty out in yoga nidra meditation. And that means the ego has to fall away and you're this empty vessel. And what rises is truth. You're sitting in truth. You're sitting in the seat of truth. I would say even um, self falls away as well, you know, but you, but in terms of thinking of it in modern language, you know, the rise is like, I believe, you know, our soul wants us to be and become. I don't just believe that. I mean, that's, that's been written about and this being and becoming is, is critical and you can't become though if you're in ego all the time. Mm-hmm. And that is why I wrote my book in these three phases, rest, release, and rise. The rise is very critical, but we can't rise when we're so exhausted and we're, we're, we're bogged down as a somebody in ego. And so the moment that you're truly free is when ego falls away and you're completely you know, filled with your, your true self. Mm-hmm. And that's the... That's 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 the best you that wants to rise into this world and 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 be uh, a human to be at work at your work 
be a parent, whatever it is. I mean, Yoga Nidra has helped me with so many, so many parts of my life. Mm-hmm. It informs me all the time. Every time I lie down, I'm informed uh, about this becoming peace because we want that as well. We don't just want the being. Mm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So as you mentioned, um, you do have the three phases, you know, and this um, this rise phase that you've been talking about is uh, the one where you're addressing the life purpose exhaustion. So I was wondering if you could share a story about someone you work with that illustrates uh, what you mean by rise and, and about letting go of life purpose exhaustion. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's, there's so many unique stories. So one isn't going to be, you know, necessarily for everyone, but I will say uh, I do a lot of the, the 40-day Daring to Rest Yoga Nidra programs. I, I lead those, and this, that's how the book is written. It's a 40-day program. And just in 40 days, what I tend to find is that uh, women begin to let go of this physical exhaustion, emotional exhaustion, and then the life purpose exhaustion is is this key piece. And so there was a, there was a health coach uh, actually from South Africa who was in my 40-day program, and she truly, she had had a lot of adrenal uh, fatigue issues, a lot of adrenal exhaustion issues, uh, and once she went through this program, she realized uh, that she thought it was all just physical, but she realized that for years, uh, she had been thinking about writing a book, and she had not had the courage to really stand in that idea of writing a book. Uh, she she was a therapist and she or a health coach, but therapist with lots of clients who would. She had always had ideas for oh, this is a book I want to write. But and we just have about a, about a minute just to let you know. We yeah, have about a minute. Well, she got so. the yeah great. So she got the courage to um, she got the courage to write the book, yeah. and. You know, she wrote me an email that I can't believe I have an agent. I'm writing a book, and it's because of 40 days of daring to rest. Yeah. And and she said, and and I don't feel tired anymore. And I said, you know, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. yeah. Well, and yeah. you had a similar, you know, just briefly, you had a similar thing, right, where you uh, you wrote a play. Yes, I wrote a play. That's right. That's right. I was really struggling with this play. Well, it wasn't a play. I thought it was a book. And um, and then uh, in, through Yoga Nidra, it informed me, no, you're writing a play. And uh, and that was uh, a huge lift of uh, burden mm-hmm. from my shoulders. And with that, we've come to the end of the program. You've been listening to the Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo co-host and uh, director of the show, we've been discussing how Yoga Nidra can help us rediscover the power of rest with our special guest, Karen Brody. Karen's a mother, activist, speaker, and founder of DaringToRest.com, an online community helping women and brave men take back rest. She's author of the book we've been discussing today, Daring to Rest, Reclaim Your Power with Yoga Nidra Rest Meditation. Again, places online to find out about her are uh, daringtorest.com and then on Instagram at Karen underscore Brody and at Daring to Rest and on Facebook 
at Daring to Rest and at Karen Brody Super Nap. So thank you so much, Karen Brody, for joining us. Thank you, Laura. Loved being here. Join us next week. Uh, there will be an encore presentation of the Prosperity Imperative, Learn to Thrive and Serve, a program from November 1st of this year. Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien will join me for a discussion about how we can live a prosperous, abundant life without losing our souls along the way. And for those of you in the San Jose area, there'll be a special event at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in honor of Yogacharya O'Brien's new book, The Jewel of Abundance, Finding Prosperity Through the Ancient Wisdom of Yoga. Uh, the event at CSE is going to be on Friday, November 30th. Uh, 2018 from 7 to 9 p.m. And it's going to be called The Jewel of Abundance, An Enchanting Evening of Readings and Ragas. So if you're in the San Jose area, November 30th, uh, please uh, join us. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment, a meditation center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. I am Dr. Laurel Trujillo, and I will be with you again when Yogacharya O'Brien is away. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. 